Hello everyone, I'm Hadley. And I'm Emily. Emily without the echo. We love to hear it. Welcome back to another Coming episode. soon. Coming soon. Welcome back to another episode of Dark Games and Disturbed. We are here. Welcome. And today, we're mixing it up again. Everybody, oh I just really knocked my mic. I hope that wasn't very obviously loud. Okay. Anyway, you know, we're on a snack cracker box. We got a fancy setup here in my house. <laughs> and I hate to break it to you, but after Wednesday, the snack cracker box will not be here for me to use. So I do have to come up with a different setup. I'm just using my dresser, so. Yeah, the dresser in my room. And technically, Rachel the Roach is possibly still renting that room out. So I think she's gone. I'm not sure. No, we didn't think she was there to begin with. I hope she's gone. <laughs> Rachel girl <laughs> so we're back with the conspiracy theory this time you guys and it's a, it's a me episode a Hadley centric one we just had a little Emily centric one we were just recorded um, we love to throw those in every now and then because you know. like I said before Miss Emily she's got a little she's got a real job that requires her to do real things during the day so unlike me who is on an unforeseen gap year from school. She does not quite have the ability to research cases and conspiracy theories all day long. So, um, yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into this. This is one I hadn't heard about, like, ever. And I feel like I've heard a lot about conspiracy theories. Like, just kind of like, it's one of those, though, that when I'm, like, trying to figure out one that I want to research, it's like I couldn't think of any. So I just Googled, like, what are some popular conspiracy theories? <clears throat> and this is one that's apparently popular, but I've literally never heard of it, which that's not a judge of if it's popular or not, really. But um, anyway, is it so here in the States? yes, it's here in the States. So this is called HARP, and it is the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. Okay. I'm going to go with Emily Hasner heard of it based on her face and her reaction. So uh, buckle up. We're going to learn you something today. So, like I said, it's H-A-A-R-P, High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program. So, we are going to go to Alaska for this one. Ooh. So, in a rural, a rural, it's hard to say after saying a rural. <laughs> rural. A rural Alaskan. Village. I don't like it's that called, word. I'm I know, which is rural. called, I believe I'm saying this correct, Gakona. Um, I don't want to like offend anyone. It could be like an indigenous area. I'm not 100% sure, but how it's spelled is Gakona. So I'm going with Gakona. Um, there's a population of 200 people. So it's really small. I would imagine it's a pretty, you know, tight knit, very close community. Um, just by the sheer lack of people there. Um, so we're in a remote tundra in Alaska. And they are just really out here in the thick of Alaska. Like, they are everything. Yeah. Like, they're about 200 miles from Anchorage. It's about a three and a half hour drive. Uh, just to kind of give a reference of where they are. It's kind of like northeast-ish of Anchorage. Um, and they're very close to the Wrangell St. Elias National Park and Preserve. Um, so from what I could find, there's not much going on here. And it's kind of like nothing to write home about. Um, 
there's not a ton of like civilized area where they are um but obviously a majority of alaska is not civilized to the like to the level at which we're used to here in the lower 48 um so you know they're kind of like from what i understand and i could be wrong it's kind of like centralized areas are a little bit more dense in population and then as you get further inland it's colder it's more of the tundra so there's less people less houses less things um plus really there's less things for you to do there so from what i could find it seems just kind of like a like a little one horse town there's not a ton happening they do have like a lodge and a trading post and i found an rv park and i did find some like zillow listings and they all just seem to kind of be um they're obviously like log cabins and houses and stuff but from what i could see on google they have some breathtaking views we love that um and i feel like it's i send emily and my family pictures all the time of where i am because every time i turn around i'm like oop, there's a mountain oop, there's a mountain and i'm like oh it's the same mountain i've sent you five pictures of this week but here she is again (laughs) um but i feel like we have it here but it's not quite to the capacity they do in alaska and Alaska, I think, has like the top 20 tallest mountains in the U.S. Gary and I actually just were researching this the other day. We were closer to Mount Rainier and we started talking about like, I was like, that's a really tall mountain. Like, is it one of the tallest ones in the States? And Gary was like, it might be, but I don't think so. And then I want to say Gary said it was like the 27th tallest and the 20 of them were in Alaska. <laughs> and so he was like, it's a big boy. He was like, update, no. <laughs> But me and him, I think I did tell you this time, me and him started talking about, like, Mount Rainier is half the height of uh, Mount Everest. Yeah. And we're about 100 miles away from Mount Rainier, and I can see, like, all of her curves and edges and snow slopes and everything. So, I could, me and him both all the time were just like, Mount Everest is double that. It's double what's sticking up in the sky right now Freaking from this far huge. away. Freaking huge. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Mount Rainier. So, we're out here in the tundra of Alaska, and there's a highway glen highway and just past mile marker 11 on glen highway you see barbed wire fence and inside of this barbed wire fence is really what gives this town this attention that it's receiving so i don't know if it's just me but most of the time especially in places like alaska if you're telling me that there's barbed wire fence there i'm just going to assume the weird things happening behind it are the government um, probably mm-hmm. doing stuff that I'm not supposed to know about and it's probably above my pay grade and for a good reason. So inside of this fence, there are a couple hundred oversized antennas and they are described by journalist slash conspiracy theorist Noah Schachtman, I think is how you say his name, as 180 silver poles rising from the ground, each a foot thick, 72 feet tall and precisely spaced 80 feet apart from each other geometric patterns form and reform in every direction athenian in their symmetry it looks like a bionic forest so there are almost 200 antennas spread across 33 acres of this alaskan tundra and they're behind barbed wire fence a bionic forest yes go ahead and google it if you're on your phone it's er, on the t- on the computer. It's H A A R P, and then just be just Google like um, the antennas in Alaska, and just look at the picture. It's very weird. Um, sure, you can hear everything this computer does. So 
not really because you're kind of far from the mic right now so I can't hear much but like it's not what I was expecting it to be the way it looks it almost reminds me of like those old tv antennas that like my granny had on the top of her house um it's like right next to her house so um sorry if you can hear me putting my hair up but don't don't look into what it is because hold on we're gonna explain i'm not i'm just looking at the pictures so it just says what is what what does be so to me this bionic force is just spooky right out the gate and i wouldn't really know where to begin with seeing that in person because tbh um i really just don't think it's like verizon setting up towers to boost our cell service in alaska and i don't understand what type of like benefit the government would have from putting 200 almost 200 giant antennas out in an alaskan tundra um and once again these are things that are just above my pay grade so not my business so i'm not really sure what their expectations were when they were constructing this field of silver antennas that they were building um, because if I lived there, I would probably have a thousand questions about like what it was for, what was going on. And for reference, I don't live there and I have a thousand questions. <laughs> um, so the story about these poles, antennas, whatever you want to call them, is that the, is that it's a little vague. Um, so they were found, the program itself was founded in the 1990s and during the mid 2000s, there was a senator from Alaska, Ted Stevens, and he was really making some boss moves in Washington, D.C. He was there getting stuff done, you know, wiping his hands at the end of every day. And funding was at an all-time high for the heart program while he was, like, in office during that, like, mid-2000s range. So, the heart program was designed to conduct research on the ionosphere, probably saying that wrong. That sounds um, right. Which is the higher level of our atmosphere, and scientists are intrigued be- by this because there is like my computer auto corrected this. I'm going to tell you what I meant to say, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you what my computer put. So there's an importance of shortwave radio communications. My computer put shortcake. <laughs> Short shout out, in- shout out my MacBook. Um, so and so scientists are intrigued by. There's, there's obviously some importance to shortwave radio communications because in the ionosphere, this is where like plasma naturally forms. Don't ask me what any of that means. Um, apparently, it, it all goes together apparently somehow. Um, once again, guys, I'm a law major for a reason. Science and math don't click in my head. So, <laughs> but if you fast forward to today and you go to the Air Force and you're like, Yes, hi, hello, what are you doing in Gakona? They would just say, oh, come visit at one of our open houses. We'll gladly show you what we're doing there. But also, this person telling you what's happening in Alaska is an Air Force person, spokesperson, in New Mexico. So then my brain is like, huh. They do these open houses every summer, which does just for reference. But my question now is, does the spokesperson in New Mexico live or work near Roswell, which is like the United States' UFO capital of the freaking country? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I couldn't really find an answer to that either. It just looked a little bit suspicious to me. Um, because at first I was like, Area 51. And then I was like, no, you're a freaking idiot. That's in Nevada. So, 
my Area 51 theory was just quickly shot down as when I came up with it. But I was like, no, there's something about New Mexico that's like, like intergalactic. And then I was like, oh yeah, it's like that's really there's a ton of uh, alien sightings, like UFO yeah, sightings. Just aliens. Girl. Just aliens. So then I'm like, oh my god, are they communicating with aliens from Alaska? Like that's why we need 200 antennas. That's not at all what's happening in Alaska. <laughs> so. Um, but if you go, so the open houses, they do them every so often and during the summer. It's apparently like every few years. Uh, but apparently now they're doing them more frequently and like you can go and tour the facility at any time. But that's something that's happened like in the recent future. It's not what was happening when all of this was at its height. So um, if you go to one of those open houses, though, that they were doing back in the day, and I'm sure it's kind of similar protocols. Um, you didn't really find out much. And because like many military related operations, it's all classified information. So basically you go and you learn nothing. Love it. I hate, I don't like, but I can't tell you that it's classified. Yeah. Okay. So the Air, anyway. Force, the Air Force just sticks to their same story of, atmos- of atmospheric studying and I do appreciate a consistent story. So thank you, Air Force. We appreciate you. Um, so when you go to like, the, I was I got all this information from like the Anchorage Daily News. This was an article that they had done. So that article mentions that if you had, if you go to the HARP website, the website apparently says that the government scientists are trying to explain phenomena that have been perplexing people for millennium, for a millennia. And they are studying the Northern Lights, lightning, and things of that nature, which I understand. And I want to know, um, I want to know too, like how that stuff works and what makes it happen. And so I hope that they did get some answers for that because here I am wanting to know. Um, They have also apparently learned how to induce both of those things on their, like, under very limited circumstances. So I believe that they are now able to create lightning and create the Aurora Borealis, but only under like very specific and certain circumstances. Um, and the only reason that was found out is because it got included on a statement in the Navy's defense budget. So um, the website also does state the same kind of story that they initially gave about the shortwave radio stuff and that they're hoping to understand so they said that the shortwave radio interaction with GPS is like, and things of like, pro- like programs like that is what they're trying to understand better. Um, so from what I could find, those two stories are basically the extent of what the governmental explanation for what is going on out there with their 180 magic poles in the Alaskan tundra is. Um, so naturally, people have speculated and kind of created their own conspiracy theories about this place. And there are a few interesting ones. And at the end, I will tell you the one that I think is most interesting. Not necessarily the most believable, but most interesting. So, the first conspiracy theory is about earthquakes. What in the hell, excuse me, do these magic poles have to do with earthquakes? So, people say that these antennas could actually be generating earthquakes. There's a man named Eric Dubay, I believe is how you say his name, who is an American that now lives in Thailand. And he is one of the people who believes that the main purpose of these antennas, or that that is the main, one of the main purposes. So he and others think that the 8.9 magnitude earthquake that hit North Japan back in March of 2011 was caused by the magic Alaskan poles. That's what I'm calling them. 
So the thing with this earthquake is that this also happened to be the one that caused the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear meltdown to happen. Hmm. Hmm. So the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant following the 8.9 magnitude earthquake was hit by a 15 meter tsunami, which is roughly 45 feet tall for us Americans. Um, and that is terrifying. Um, so any tsunami of any size is scary and mind boggling to me. I understand them. But the other day, my dad and I were actually talking about tsunamis. Weirdly enough, I don't know how we caught them. Random. Very random. But we were talking about, uh, well, it was because after Gary and I talked about Mount Rainier and like then Mount Everest, I was like, what is happening over there on that side of the world that like the Himalayans are just so much bigger than all these other mountains? And then my dad was like, well, you know, like they get a lot of tsunamis over there too. Like, well, not really, but that's where the one that hit in India that was so devastating. We started talking about that. And then we got to talking about how like, with a tsunami you can be like two three maybe four five miles off the coast like doing whatever it is you're doing on your boat and it literally it'll do like this to your boat like you it'll just barely knock you you won't even notice um but then you go just a few miles in and it destroys everything so it's yeah so they're confusing i understand them but they're weird so anyway (laughs) this tsunami melted all three of the nuclear three of the nuclear reactors within three days i think i remember that i vaguely remember hearing about it so the accident was rated as a level seven which i'm assuming is out of 10 and was rated by the international nuclear and radiological event scale and it was because of the high levels of radiation that were released over the four to six days following the tsunami and so all four of their reactors ended up being written off because of damage from the accident and after two weeks three of the reactors were stable with water addition and by july of 2011 they were being cooled with recycled water from the new treatment plant and in december of that year they announced the official quote cold shutdown so the concern was that there was um the government was concerned that there was uh the like the water and things around it possibly been contaminated by some leaks that had happened and apparently this article that i was reading about the actual like nuclear power plant said that as of april of 2021 there have yet to be any like reported cases um there have yet to be any reported cases and that they did end up evacuating a hundred thousand people from the area um and i also do want to point out that the reactors were perfectly fine during the earthquake it was the tsunami that was the problem most places in japan are built to withstand earthquakes because they are frequent there but you can't really prepare too much for a tsunami so what year was that 2011 in march but yeah so in places like i know they do it in california we don't really do it here too much but in california they do have like earthquake proof quote-unquote buildings that are built to withstand like the plates shifting so that way like you don't have whole buildings crumbling to the ground and especially when you have something as dangerous as a nuclear reactor because you don't want like another chernobyl event happening you have to build those especially in japan you have to build them to a certain standard so that way the smallest movement's not totally like detrimental 
Um, so the conspiracy theory here by Eric, which is Eric Dubay, and others, they have an argue. They have a few arguments. One of them is that harp, the harp antennas, are so focused on one specific, like part of the ion sphere, that with enough force they can make the entire thing buckle into space and then snap back toward the ground with enough precision to make massive earthquakes happen. And that the U.S. government is orchestrating those earthquakes to target things and places that stand to affect the American economy and their defensive interests. I there are also put it past. So it's kind of crazy. Like... So um, there are also some people that claim they caused the 2010 earthquake in Haiti. And they claim the reasons for that is that Haiti was the perfect place to have run these sorts of tests. Um, There were like 12 other reasons that were listed on like a different website. I just didn't go to it. But another conspiracy theory claims that the next one to hit will be in the South Midwestern U.S. So it's around the New Madrid fault line. And that fault line, I did Google it. And it apparently spans across states like Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, Michigan, over to part of New York, Pennsylvania, most of Virginia and North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, parts of Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Kansas. But it didn't seem like it was going to be where you are, Emily. So um, I don't think you'll be messed with. You might be okay. We love it. So all of this is literally like this whole conspiracy theory they have is just obliterated because there's a Pakistani nuclear physicist that really just comes in and destroys this whole theory because there was an Islamic group that was blaming Harp for flooding a specific area somewhere in the Middle East, I believe. And this guy was basically able to come in and be like, no, what you're saying doesn't make any sense. So, our second theory is hurricanes. So, some people claim that Harp caused Katrina, Rita, and also William, Wilma. I'm also why I don't know why I said William, but Wilma. I'm sitting here reading Wilma and saying William. <laughs> anyway, and it was found to be interesting that Harp was at the peak of its funding around the time of these storms. So, people think that the so a lot of people were like why would the u.s government be purposefully intentionally trying to like devastate regions of the country um and there was also speculation like how can a place in alaska create ocean atlantic ocean hurricanes um and this whole entire thing with the hurricanes was completely broken apart um there's a stanford professor named umran enon and they told popular science quote It's absolute hogwash, and there's not one single thing we can do to disturb the Earth's weather systems, and that Harp does not generate a lot of power because it's minuscule compared to that of a flash of lightning. Hogwash. Hogwash. So our third conspiracy theory is mind control, which this is the one that when I googled, like, conspiracy theories, this is what popped up, was that these antennas were being used for mind control but honestly this is the one that i found the least information on so i was like what is happening so this one is viewed as the most entertaining of the bunch um so they think that with the shortwave radio communications in gakona the u.s government is controlling the minds of its citizens so a former governor of minnesota just ventura claims that harp is a mind control device 
Ventura claims that the radio waves are being sent out in such a way that they are bombarding people with mind control waves and that they are also being used to manipulate the weather. Apparently, Ventura did request to tour the facility and he and his entire crew showed up at the heart at heart and they were not allowed access anywhere. So the mind control one is one of my favorite ones just because I always love the ones that are like the most far-fetched. Um, and from what I could find, there was really no explanation as to how exactly they were controlling our minds. But if I'm going to use what little bit of a mind I do have, I would like to think that, and I might be thinking kind of far-fetched here, I could just be really outside the box. Um, if they're controlling our minds, I would think that they wouldn't even want us to be able to Google this place in the first place or even would have us programmed so that our minds don't even question the heart program at all whatsoever. Um, and I don't know, that's just me. So as no, a whole, it wouldn't make sense. Right. So as a whole, the heart program is just subject to criticism because of their secrecy. Um, they don't let anybody in and when they do it's always vague information and they don't really leave with any more understanding but also like maybe I'm just kind of accustomed to dealing with that because with Gary and his job in the military I just feel like some things don't pertain to everybody as a whole but I don't think that it's really that deep Um, I think it is weird don't get me wrong and when you look at pictures of this place it's really weird it's very randomly placed and they look weird they're huge antennas they're spread across 33 acres of alaskan tundra but if they're trying to learn more about like the northern lights and stuff maybe like that's the method behind their madness of where they put it yeah um so personally i don't think it's as deep as the earthquake hurricane line control theories try to portray it There's a lot of levels of science that I just don't understand and I don't need to understand. And to me, this seems to be one of those levels of science I don't need to know or understand. Um, I'm not saying that I don't find it interesting, but in my everyday life, it's not going to benefit me or harm me if I don't understand how the heart program works at its most complex level. Um, There's a lot of things that the government does that don't concern me in any capacity. There are some things that I still want to know all of the details of, but it doesn't affect me. So I understand why they're being so vague. Um, I'm not sure what exactly, what? What if it's for aliens? I really, I liked where my little theory went that I came up with. What if it's for aliens? Um, Military is weird. So, you know, I, I understand why they're vague, but like I said, I really don't think it's that deep. It's probably deeper than what they have explained to us. But my guess is that we won't find out for at least a while until they feel like declassifying the information like they did with the alien sightings. Which freaks me out. Right. But yeah, like I said, I just I don't think it's that deep. And I don't know if maybe I'm just like desensitized to things like that because 99.9% of Gary's job I can't really know anything about. And he's always like, oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. It's classified. But, um, yeah, that is the HARP High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program in the Alaskan Tundra and the conspiracy theories that are all about it. 
there were some more that I found on like Wikipedia, but I wasn't sure of like the validity of them. There was apparently some that went like more into like the manipulation of the weather and things like that. But like I said, I saw that on Wikipedia, so I wasn't like chomping at the bit to really think that that was the end all be all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's just like weird placement for them. When you look at pictures of them, like they weren't what I was expecting them to look like. And I also would be very like anxious being in the presence of them because I kind of have a phobia of like <laughs> being the smallest thing in the room. So I don't like abnormally huge things. So like I don't like standing next to like cruise ships or... <laughs> it's really weird to think about how tiny we are really in perspective. Yeah, like that video that goes across where it's like how small a human is or yeah, like an ant and then a human and then the earth and then all the other planets and then the galaxy and then the, the galaxies outside that and then the universe and I'm just like, she I'm literally... That stuff and then she sends it to me in a text and is like, look at this. It gave me anxiety. Can you please watch this? <laughs> it's like, it's disturbing to me to find out how much of just like a speck of dust we are. Literally. Literally nothing we're two specks of dust talking into want, no. two amazon want, microphones i'm gonna i'm gonna end up spiraling and that's not what we need <laughs> an existential crisis right before bed that's not what we need that's not what we need but um yeah this one when i initially researched it it seemed like it was a lot more extensive than what it really was um because like I said, you find this conspiracy theory that's talking about, like, government mind control. And there's a lot of them. There's multiple theories about the way that the government's, like, controlling our minds and subliminal messaging and all the things like that. But I'm sure eventually I will have the wherewithal to cover, like, subliminal messaging. And my sister, shout out Jerry, she suggested QAnon. QAnon is going to take Emily and I five to six business months um, I looked into it. I looked into it and got a headache. Just I literally started taking notes on it. I got maybe like 15 minutes in, and when I was already at like a page and a half of notes, I was like, I physically am going to die <laughs> trying to research all of this. So some of the bigger ones like that, we're gonna try to tackle together. It'll definitely be multiple parts. We'll have to split it up divide up the research divide up who does primary like you know because it's a lot going on is a lot i think my sister said she listened to what is it and that what and that's why we drink and they did like a three ep three part series all about QAnon. and for some reason naive little me really thought like you know morbid did Catherine knight in two parts and some places did princess diana in two or three parts and then you i was like I, one i can do QAnon in one Nope. I cannot. <laughs> it's a lot. Like, because also, QAnon is so, like, new, and there's just so much information about it that it's like there's no way to tell what truly is and what is, like, what is and what isn't accurate. And it's just, it's very interesting, but it's also very vague. That's what I found was a lot of stuff was just, was just vague. Yeah. And as much as I would love to, like, really, I want to, when it comes to something like that, I want to be able to give the bigger, flashier things as much attention as I possibly can. And, like, I just have a lot of things going on. Emily has a lot of things going on right now. So maybe closer to the end of the year when I my stuff has died down, 
I might be able to actually like sit down and take two or three hours for two or three days and like really deep dive into the cases like QAnon and maybe like Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, you know, there are some and a good Jeffrey. Yeah, there's a lot of cases like that that I want to cover. But I just right now don't have the like I'm under like a little bit of a time constraint with some things I have going on. So I'm not able to like really do cases that are like super in-depth, you know, like hundreds of pages of research. Like I just we don't have the time. So ain't nobody got time for that. You remember her? Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) I loved her. I loved her, too. But yeah, guys, so if you have any other conspiracy theories that you want us to cover, if you have one that's your favorite, if you have one that you hate, um, if you have one that you think everybody's covered too many times and you want us to cover it too, um, if you have one you've never heard anybody cover that you want us to cover, um, feel free to shoot us an email at darkdamndisturbedpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, darkdamndisturbedpodcast, and hit us up on TikTok, darkdamndisturbedpod. Make sure you leave us a review wherever you can if you're listening to us and they offer reviewing the podcast or don't. I can't tell you what to do. Um, But, yeah, guys. I think that wraps this one up. That was a doozy. Did you have the echo on? No, I I don't have it on right now. But you see my hand ready to turn it on. I do see your hand ready to turn it on. She found this echo feature and it's like her favorite thing. Thanks for... Listening. I'm literally going to have Pam come take the mic. <laughs> Pam, order her a lesson. <laughs> coolest feature. Coolest feature. But, alright guys, we will catch you guys in the next one. Bye! Bye!